We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us. How do you have a strong heart? First of all, we learn from David that a strong heart is the heart of a servant. He had a servant's heart. David's life actually is introduced to us in a portrait, a picture. It's the picture of someone serving. The first that we see of David in the Bible, he's serving his father Jesse by taking care of his father's sheep. He's serving King Saul by playing an instrument for him when he would go mad and have very difficult times of insanity. He is serving the needs of others. And all throughout David's life, he served God's purpose with his life. And if you and I are going to be strong in heart, we must recognize that strength comes from service, service from the heart. Take a look at how David described and defined himself. What was his own identity? In 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 33, we find these words. Saul replied, you're not able to go against the Philistine and fight him. You're only a young man, and he's been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear, this uncircumcised size Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. How did David identify himself? He said, this is who I am. I am a servant. A lot of people think that serving is beneath us, that strong people really don't serve. But the reality is, according to scripture, the strongest people are the people who have hearts who want to serve God and serve other people and to do so for the right reasons. So you can serve out of the wrong reasons. And in fact, there are a lot of weak people that are serving. They're serving out of the wrong motives. They're serving out of what they might get out of it or a variety of various motives that someone can have in the process of either serving God or serving others. Some people are serving out of guilt. Some are serving out of a sense of religious duty. We can serve for lots of different reasons, but God is looking for a man and a woman, a person who has the capacity to say, God, I'm available just to simply serve your purposes to serve you and to serve others. The Bible describes the entirety of David's life with this concept of serving. Notice as Paul speaks of David's life again in Acts chapter 13, verse 36, Paul describes David this way. Now when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. He was buried with his ancestors and his body decayed. The greatest thing that David was the most committed to in his life and perhaps even the most proud of in his life and the, and the best sense of that word was the fact that he served God's purpose in his own generation. Can I ask you today, do you have the heart of a servant? Do you, do you find a fulfillment in serving God and in serving other people? Is life about God and others rather than all about you? 
Because a strong heart is a serving heart. People who are really strong have that capacity. In fact, it's interesting, when you go into the New Testament, you will find that Jesus himself identified his own ministry with servanthood. He said, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The Apostle Paul, many times, as he opens up a a book of the Bible that he writes, one of his letters, you go and read them for yourself, he will say something like this, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ. Not an apostle, not an evangelist, not a pastor, not a teacher, but Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ. Peter, in the second epistle, writes these words, Peter, a servant of Jesus Christ. Where is your identity? Is your identity found in what you're getting out of life, or is your identity found in who you're able to serve? Do you have a heart of service? Because strength comes from people who serve. A strong heart is a servant's heart. The second principle that we see in David's life is that if you're going to have a strong heart, you have to trust God's principles, God's promises, God's priorities, that God's word is at the center of your heart, that you understand the difference between what the world offers and what God says in his word. There's a strength in your heart because you have a perception of what God's promises and what God's priorities are and what God's principles are. You're operating from an inner compass of your life. See, there was something about David when he goes onto that battlefield, and you know the story. In fact, I would encourage you to go back and read 1 Samuel chapter 17 in its entirety. It will not take you very long to read it. It would be a great assignment for you this afternoon just to take a few moments and read 1 Samuel chapter 17. Get the whole story in its context. But when David shows up on the battlefield, everybody is scattered, all of Israel's army. They're all dismayed at what's going on. And David recognized something's wrong with this picture. This is not the way it should be. We are the people of God. Things should be different. And he realized that instinctively on the inside, that something was contrary to God's plan. We see this reflected in his words in chapter 17, verse 26. David asked the man standing near him, what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine, this giant, and removes this disgrace? Notice he used that word disgrace from Israel. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? David understood the situation and he saw it from God's perspective. Folks, let me tell you, we live in a world today that is very contrary to God's word. I would not even have time this morning to describe all the different ways our world is just totally messed up today. And the world around us wants to press us into its mold and make us think the way everybody else thinks. But people who have a strong heart think differently. They think based upon God's word, not based upon the popularity of the culture around them. Amen. And we're so often pressed into the ideas of the culture around us. And if we want to be accepted by everybody around us, we need to think the way they think. No, we need to think the way God thinks. Amen. Okay. We need to get God's word inside of us in such a way that it defines what is right and what is wrong and what is true and what is not true and what is appropriate and what is inappropriate, that we begin to get a biblical worldview that we live from. David had something that made him strong on the inside. When all the other soldiers of Israel were running away from the battle, David says, there's something not right about this. This is a disgrace to the people of God. Because he was controlled by something deeper. He was controlled by the principles and the promises of God's word. Let me say something else about this. You don't just need to know the Bible in your head. 
more importantly, you need to know the Bible in your heart. Amen. People who just know the Bible in their head become very religious. But people who know the Bible in their heart love and serve God. Amen. They love and serve God out of a deep desire to please Him, not to become self-righteous and to be condemning. It's not our job to condemn the world around us. It's just our job to live differently than the world around us. In fact, Jesus, the Bible says, didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And so it's not as though we rise up as though we're super self-righteous and we have uh, everything right in our lives that we can speak to to an evil world around us. No, we just simply live according to a different pattern. There's a different compass inside of us directing us toward true north. And that's where real strength comes from. Do you want to be strong in heart? Why do we need to be strong in heart? Because that's what makes us a man or woman after God's own heart. We start by having the attitude of a servant. How can I serve God and how can I serve other people? It's not really about me. It's about serving God and others. And how can I get God's word inside of me so it becomes the the leading compass of my life that I'm directed by the principles and the priorities and the promises of God rather than being shaped by the world around me. Here's the third thing today. Do you want a strong heart? I know that I do. You must learn to overcome discouragement in your life. The strength of David's heart was very clearly tested in this situation. I'm going to describe it for you here in just a moment. Actually, we'll read some passages about it. But as David is in this situation, there was not only, not only was it an intimidating situation as Goliath, this giant, was intimidating Israel's army, but as David made the decision to go and fight the battle, he would have, you would have expected some encouraging voices around him. That's a great thing, David, go and do it. But instead of being encouraged, do you know that what happened was David was discouraged from doing the very thing he was about to do that was very courageous. And so he had voices around him. One of those voices came from his oldest brother. His oldest brother was named Eliab. And of course, with David being the youngest and Eliab being the oldest, there was a certain dimension, I'm sure, of respect that David had for his older brother. And here's David deciding to go and fight Goliath. And here comes his older brother. And let's see what Eliab had to say to David. You would hope his older brother would encourage him, but instead he tried to discourage him. When Eliab, David's oldest brother, this is verse 28, verse Samuel 17, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him. What's up with that? Okay. And he asked, why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. These are not very encouraging words from your big brother. Okay. Here's your big brother. You're telling him, I'm going to go fight the, the giant. Nobody else is willing to fight, but I, I'm willing to fight. And your big brother comes along and says, you, you just got an evil heart. You're just here to make a big deal of yourself. Okay. Discouragement. I will tell you that when you begin to live for God and you make the decision to make God the center of your life and you seek to serve him and serve other people well, there will be discouraging voices that will come against you. Sometimes those voices come from people that are the closest to us. Sometimes even from our own family. Sometimes from our closest friends or what we thought to be our closest friends. They will try to discourage you from fighting and overcoming the battles that you need to fight and overcome in your life. And David faced this discouragement from his brother, his oldest brother. But it didn't stop there. Not only did Eliab try to discourage him, Saul the king tried to discourage him. Look at verse 33. After David says, I'm going to go fight Goliath, Saul replied, you're not able 
You can't do this. You're not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You're only a young man, and he's been a warrior from his youth. So now not only is his older brother questioning his motives, but Saul is telling him you're not able to do it. Now, the last thing that you need before you go into a battle like this is for somebody to tell you you're not able. You don't have the ability to do this. And David is hearing these very discouraging words. And it's extremely important that you and I know what to do when, in, when discouraging words come our way. Your response is very important. Because discouragement can get on the inside of you and weaken your heart. It's like a heart disease. That as soon as discouragement gets inside of you, you begin to lose heart. You begin, that's what discouragement means. You lose heart. Another translation for discouragement, even in scripture, is the loss of heart, the loss of courage, the loss of strength, the loss of internal fortitude internally in your life. And so here is David. How is he going to respond to his brother and how is he going to respond to his king as they're trying to discourage him? Notice what he says to his brother in verse 29. And David said, what have I done now? Is there not a cause? David says, there's a reason that I'm doing this. It's not just I don't have to have your approval to do this because I'm doing it for something bigger than you. You're my older brother, but there's something greater. There's a God here who's giving me a reason, a cause to do this, and I know that I must do it because I'm responding to him and I'm not responding to you, okay? There's a cause, okay? David was motivated by a cause. Look at what he said to Saul. We read it a few moments ago, but listen again. Verses 34 through 37, I love these words. We could read them over and over again because they build our courage. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies." of the living God, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul now says to David, go and the Lord be with you. He knew how to respond to discouragement. I would remind us today and warn us today. It's a warning that we all must listen to because discouragement is universal. Everybody fights it at some point in time. And discouragement is dangerous. It's a deadly force in your life. And this discouragement is something that weakens the heart. David understood how to resist discouragement. And resisting it is a key to remaining strong. Here's our fourth lesson today. Everybody still with me so far? Okay, we're halfway through. You can breathe, all right? Only three more to go. The fourth thing today is this. You've got to value preparation. You want to have a strong heart? Value preparation. Let me explain it to you. When David arrived on the battlefield that day, he had no idea of the opportunity that would present itself to him. No idea. Why was David there? I talked about it last week. He was there because his dad sent him there to deliver bread and cheese and to find out how his brothers were doing. He wasn't a soldier. He had just been dispatched by his father to go to the battlefield and to find out how his brothers were doing and, and take some food to him. So he arrives on the battlefield with no, no, no battle uh, idea, no, 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 no agenda to fight a battle. He's just there to deliver food and get messages from the brothers. And so he had no idea what he was stepping into. He, stepped, he, he showed up because his father sent him. But when he showed up, 
on the battlefield that day. Unbeknownst to David, a God-given opportunity opened up for him on, on that battlefield that day that would lead him ultimately to becoming the king of Israel. Because it was the battle, it was winning the battle over Goliath that caused the people to recognize even who David was and ultimately to accept him as their king. So this battle was a strategic moment. He had no idea. He was just showing up, doing what his dad told him to do. And I'm going to give you a profound statement this morning that I hope you'll listen to very closely and think about. It's amazing what opens up when you show up. It's amazing what opens up in your life when you show up, when you just show up to do what you're supposed to be doing. The reason a lot of things never open up to people is they're not showing up to do what they ought to be doing. They're not fully showing up to their responsibilities. They're not fully showing up to the things that God has placed on their plate. And David, in this moment, when he showed up on the battlefield something opened up for him because he was prepared for that moment. He didn't have to get ready when he arrived. He was already ready. As soon as he sees Goliath, he doesn't say, you know, I'd like to fight him, but I need to run back home and practice my slingshot a little longer. No, he was already ready. He'd been spending his time every day out in that field, taking care of his father's sheep. He learned how to sling those stones. And day after day, he practiced and practiced and practiced. He didn't know he was going to need it with a giant one day. He was simply, simply doing what a shepherd did. He was doing it well. He was using the moments of his life as preparatory moments for whatever God would do in his future. Dear ones, please remember this. Your consistent habits every day of doing doing the right things in your life, faithfully attending to the things that you need to be attending to, facing the challenges that you need to face today in your life. These things are always preparing you for your tomorrows. If you don't do well today, don't expect to do well tomorrow. Okay. So David had a strong heart in that situation because he knew he was prepared. Look at verse 40 of chapter 17. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones. He doesn't delay at all. Took five, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of, a, of, the, of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand approached the Philistine. He knew exactly what to do when the opportunity presented itself to him. You cannot waste today. Listen to me. You cannot waste today and expect to be ready for your opportunities tomorrow. If you're wasting your todays, you will not be ready for your tomorrows. David prepared even when he didn't know he was preparing for this moment. And his duties prepared him. Strong hearts are prepared heart. There's an old saying that I quote from time to time to our staff. And I quote it to myself from time to time. And that's this. Those who sweat in preparation bleed less in battle. Those who sweat in preparation bleed less in battle battle. If you want to bleed less in the battles of your life, do a lot of sweating in the preparations of your life. Amen? Here's the fifth thing. Number five. How do you have a strong heart? And this one almost goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway. You need to have faith in God. That's where strength comes from, faith in God. David's heart is seen in this situation by the demonstration of his faith. He demonstrated faith. Now to see David's faith well, you, you and I need to see the context. Let me describe 
the context of what David stepped into here. I, I alluded to it a little bit a moment ago, but let me really clarify this for you. So just look up this way and listen to me for a moment. When David came to the battlefield, he was not expecting to be in a battle, right? He was expecting to deliver food. But he ri- arrives on the scene there, and he sees something happening. He sees this massive giant, Philistine giant, by the name of Goliath, coming out every morning to the valley where the, uh, near where the Israelite army was, was camped. Okay. And he would yell out at the Israelite army, send a guy down here to fight me. Here's the deal. Whoever wins the battle, if you guys win, all of us will serve you. And if we win, all of you will serve us. That's the deal. Just send me one guy. It's a mano a mano, man-to-man battle here. And whoever wins, get the spoils. You get us as servants, or we get you as servants. David comes on the scene, and he sees this, and he sees that every time the, the enemy, the, the giant, would come out, he would just freak out the, the Israelite army. They were dismayed, and the Bible even uses this word. They were terrified by Goliath. And they were so terrified by his voice and so terrified by his presence that as soon as he would come out, they would run the opposite direction in great fear. So David steps on a battlefield that is surrounded not with faith, but surrounded with fear. He steps into fear. Not only was he afraid, but Saul was afraid. If no one would go and fight the battle, you would think at least the king would go and fight the battle. And the king showed up at the battleground with his armor. He was there. He had everything necessary to fight the battle. How do we know that he had the armor? We know that he had the armor because when David goes, gets ready to go out and fight the battle, Saul tried to dress him in his own armor. Instead of putting the armor on himself and going and fight the battle, he said, you know, I don't think I'll wear this. Maybe you can wear it. Okay. So we got a bunch of chickens everywhere, Okay. We've got the Israelite army, they're running away, and Saul doesn't want to put his armor on. He's very glad to share it with David, but he doesn't want to wear it himself. And so David steps on the battlefield, and everything around him is fear. He's surrounded by fear, not by faith. And I would submit to you today that the world in which we live in, and the world that you live in most of your time, day in and day out, you're living in a world that is occupied by and surrounded by fear. Most people do not operate in faith. Most of our world operates in fear. It's the modus operandi of our world. Fear, 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 fear. Bad news, bad news, bad news. Terrible, terrible, terrible. All of these, all this stuff coming our way. And so if we're not careful, we can become like Israel's soldiers and run away from those things that we are afraid of. Or we might say, well, I've got the armor of God, but I'm not sure I'm willing to wear it. And so the question becomes, are we going to be strong in heart? And people who are strong in heart don't operate in fear, they operate in faith. God did not design you to operate on fear. In fact, the Bible says God doesn't give us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. The fuel of your life needs to be the fuel of faith, not the fuel of fear. Now, I want you to see how David handles this situation. Let me ask you again, what is he surrounded by? That was about half of you, maybe, okay. (laughs) Generously, that was half of you, okay. I'm going to ask you again, what was he surrounded by? Fear. 
surrounded by fear, right? All around him. So as far as we know, he's the only person in that entire group that had any faith. Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart, something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. The first way to start in that journey with God is to open your heart to Jesus Christ, to make Him the Lord of your life, to turn over all your life to Him. And that begins with a very simple prayer. I want to lead you in that prayer right now, and it's a prayer that you can pray right where you are. Say these words, Jesus I invite you into my life today to forgive me of all my sins. I need you. I want you. I want you to take charge of my life. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says, when we call on God's name, when we call on the name of His Son, Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you. You need to take the next step. The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word. And make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing.